You're listening to About My Father's Business, presented by Iron Wifey. Without further ado, here's your host, the Iron Wifey herself, Michaela. Hello, loves, and welcome back to another episode. Now, my guest today is a woman who has taken being about the father's business to another level. Not only is she a wife, but she's a mother, an author, a speaker, a publisher, an entrepreneur, a minister, a travel enthusiast, and an amazing woman of God. Now, sis, if you've ever asked yourself, is he the one? Or maybe question if a man was supposed to be your husband or not. Stick around because our guest today will keep it 100 and let you know. From God telling her who her husband would be to becoming the wife and mother she is today, she's on a mission to point people back to the real one and is here to announce her new book, The One Revealed, Volume 2. Without further ado, please welcome to the show, Mrs. Caroline Roberts. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. Yes. So we're just going to jump right in. Are you ready? Yes, girl. Okay. So, girl, you wrote a book. And now you are releasing volume two, the one revealed. I don't even know where to begin. One, what led you to write the one? And then what can readers expect in the one revealed volume two? Oh my goodness. Well, in the one revealed, I share the story about how God showed me who my earthly husband was, um, Cal Roberts, but that's really not what led me to write the book. I wrote the book in the season of marriage during my earlier years of marriage. Um, and I came to a place where I realized like my husband is amazing. God has put us together for a specific purpose and a reason. But I think I came into marriage with certain expectations thinking that, you know, he is supposed to fulfill all these expectations that I have. Um, it was a very unhealthy and tainted view that I had of marriage, especially because I grew up for a while idolizing the idea of marriage and thinking that it would fulfill, you know, every need, every desire. There's a void that I felt in my heart. And then when I got married, the first few years, it was this like crazy revelation. I got to a season where I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is not like this is amazing. Marriage is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I love my husband, but it is not the end goal. Yep. God is the end goal. God is the one. And I feel like in society we're, you know, we're trained to think the one is going to be a specific person and we have these fairy tale stories and mm-hmm. that's how I was raised. That's how I grew up watching all the Disney movies. And (laughs) I wrote this book out of that season of realizing who is the truly the one revealed. Yes. Amen. Yeah, girl. What can readers expect differently in volume two? Oh, girl. Okay. So volume two has 13 new chapters. So I've promise that I am not just republishing the same exact book. (laughs) Um, A lot of people ask, they're like, is volume two part two? So I just wanted to bring clarity to that. Um, You don't have to read volume one first before reading volume two. So volume two is kind of like a development of volume one and more. So I really go deeper and bring greater revelations and clarity concerning um, the topic of the one and what that means and bringing back the main revelation of the book that is to lead everyone back to Christ. So definitely there's a lot more and there's a lot more, um, you can expect a lot more like step-by-step practical instructions Uh that kind of weren't in volume one. So for, if you think God told you who your husband is, girl, we're going to talk about it. We're going to get real. Volume two has an audio version. And (laughs) I was kind of cringing listening to the audio on audible because it's one thing to write it out, Mm -hmm. but that audio version, man, it's like, I'm in your business. I'm like, sis, sis. Mm. So you can expect a lot of like practical, like, if you see this man, here is what you should not do, girl. (laughs) So I'm super excited about it. 
Oh, girl, if only I had this during my college years, because I promise you, every man left and right was my husband. <laughs> oh, man. And we all, we all go through it. So I've been there. I've been there from every angle. Yes. Now, I want to dive a little bit more into your personal journey to Christ. When were you first introduced to who Jesus was? So I grew up, thankfully, um, I grew up in the church, but even though I was like my aunt, who is also my godmother, she made us go to church every Sunday. But even though I grew up in the church, like many people, I didn't have a true understanding of salvation or a relationship with God, what that meant or what that looked like. Um, I've heard I heard people talk about it, but I never really pursued a true and pure relationship with God. And I didn't have a true understanding of his love and grace. Um, I thought it was like a workspace, like you have to be a goody two-shoes, like the perfect person and try to do everything right for God to love you. I remember like in first grade um, being in, um, you know, children's school, Sunday school, and every single day, girl, that they asked who needs to repent and be saved, every day I rose my hand because I felt like I needed to repent. I really didn't understand, but what really kicked off my relationship with God is... I was in a toxic relationship and I had gotten to that point because I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in a toxic relationship and long story short, I wanted to break free. I wanted to get out of that relationship. I felt like I was stuck and I said a prayer to God. I'm like, God, if you can break me out of this relationship, I will finally, you know, give you a chance. I'll finally discover what it means to have a relationship with you. And the next day, my boyfriend texted me and he's like, I had a dream that we broke up. Like, what is this about? And just like that, like so peacefully, we broke up. And that was the end of that. And that was my sign. It was crazy. I was like, okay, God, so I guess this means that I need to start a relationship with you. It started from there. Um, I got my first Bible. I started reading the word. At that time, I had just started driving myself. So I found a church. I started driving. And like, I wasn't at this point, I wasn't dragged to church. This was me pursuing God myself. And, you know, it wasn't perfect from the beginning, but that's just where my journey with God began. Amen. <laughs> That dream. If if he didn't reveal it to you in that dream, Lord, we might be having another conversation. <laughs> but amen. That amen. is awesome. Mm-hmm. So can we dive into the book a little bit? Yeah, let's go. All right. So I've had the pleasure of getting to read the one revealed a little early than, than most. And so I'm just kind of excited to give people just a little taste of what it is you have to come now. You have a section in the book called How to Hear God's Voice, and you write, if you don't know God's word, how will you decipher whether or not what you're hearing is a distorted version of scripture? Now, the only way that I know to get to know God's word is through his voice and through reading his word. So how is it that you discern the voice of God? Mm, that's such a good question. Well, the Bible says that my sheep know my voice and a voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So if God is a stranger for you, if you're not reading his word, if you don't have him as a friend, if you're not spending time in his presence, then you're not going to recognize his voice. But just like in a crowded, like you can be in a crowded arena if your best friend calls out, if your husband calls out, you are able to recognize their voice even in the midst of all the background noise going on because the strangers are talking and you're not used to their voice, but you know the voice of the one that you follow. You know the voice of the one that you spend time with. So just spending time with God um, helped me to grow in really hearing his voice and knowing his voice and just accepting that God speaks to us in different ways. So the way that God speaks to someone else may not be the way that God speaks to me and vice versa. When Ooh, I first that that that's different <laughs> itself, yes. And I kind of lost my track at one point because when I first started hearing God, like the best way I hear him, it's so weird. I just lay out in my bed in silence. I just lay out. Mm-hmm. And I hear him. 
or when I'm in the shower. A lot of people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. But I started like, um, I went through one season where I wanted, like, I was praying these like lengthy prayers because I felt like it would make me more holy and make me hear God's voice if I have these long prayers out to God and I wasn't hearing him as clearly. And he told me like, get back to that place. Just mm-hmm. Silence, just like listen out for my voice. And sometimes we're unable to hear God because we spend so much time talking, you know, to Him and not really giving Him an opportunity to speak to us. So, one of the best things I've learned is to just lay out in silence and listen for the voice of God. Mm. Amen. (laughs) How do you, how did you know? That it was the voice of God. Like, how did how did you know? You know, some people may be like, God is that you, or yeah. maybe me. Like, how did how did you know that it was the voice of God? Yeah, it's hard when um, your heart is filled with so much other junk and so much other voices. So mm-hmm. I just feel like I've trained myself to a place, or I've gotten myself to a place where I've guarded my heart to the point where there's not much room for much other voices. So that's why it's able to be so clear. The Bible says that guard your heart because everything that you do, you know, flows from it. The issues of life flow from it. So if you are always asking for everyone else's opinion, if you're watching gossip sites, um, if you just listen to everything, watch everything, if you're not guarding your heart, then when it finally comes to hear the voice of God, it may not be that he's not speaking to you. He's speaking to you. He's always speaking. But then you're like, is what I'm hearing from the gossip show Mm -hmm. I was listening to? Is it from what, you know, mama and them told me and they're talking to me about? So especially if you're trying to hear God specifically, on a certain question, on a certain situation, Mm -hmm. try to hear him clearly before you go speak to everyone else about it. Because once you have all those other opinions, Mm -hmm. feedback, once you researched Google Mm -hmm. and read all those articles, then you get to this point of confusion, like, okay, what is God really saying? Amen. Yeah. Have you ever been in a time where you heard God's voice or you, you know, he was speaking to you, but you just tried to like, deny it oh yeah girl for sure um I mean it's not something to be proud of Mm -hmm. um but in ministry I think that's the biggest thing just the calling to ministry just the responsibility God has told me to do like certain conferences and things and I waited till the last minute because of fear so a lot of times if God has called me to do something where in my pride, I don't want to do it. Or because of fear, I want to back out. I try Mm -hmm. to deny the fact that, you know, he has told me to do this just out of fear of what people may think, um, out of my fear of failure. So a lot of times we know what God is saying, but there's so many different elements at work that that kind of holds us back from stepping into that thing. Yes, fear can be paralyzing. Girl. (laughs) Paralyzing. Like, I I'm not even going to lie to you. Reaching out to you for this interview, I was paralyzed. Oh, no. Because there were so many things. It was like, well, who, who am I? Like, she's going to say no. Like, she has a bunch of other things going on. And so I definitely can see how fear can stop you and a lot of people from just pursuing God's voice. Oh, wow. Well, I'm so happy that you reached out to me, and I'm honored to be here. Oh, well, thank you so much. <laughs> Okay, so getting back into things, it's crazy how, you know, you kind of gave us a little back context about how the Lord revealed to you in a dream about your ex-boyfriend and how you guys were breaking up or he had the dream that you guys Yeah, he had the dream. Yes. Yes. So there's actually a couple of places in the book where you talk about dreams. And I was really taken back by that because the Lord does truly speak to people in dreams. And in a section you wrote, if you practice taking your dreams to everyone else without consulting God, you're setting yourself up for failure. And so I want to know, how can someone decipher if their dream is from the Lord or if they're kind of twisting it out of context? Like Mm -hmm. the same with discerning the voice of God, but with dreams. That's really good. Um, One of the biggest 
like everyone nowadays has an interpretation. Everyone nowadays like wants to be a prophet. So one of the biggest things that God convicted me of is when I would get certain dreams before praying to him about it, I would like go to Google and type in like Christian dream symbols or something. Oh my gosh. I have done that. (laughs) Girl, but even some of those websites, like that say Christian dreams or spiritual dreams, it's not from like the right source. Mm. Um, So if usually what I do is I go to God about it first. And sometimes you can even sense the spirit. How do you feel when you wake up the dream from the dream? What is the spirit behind it? For example, if you wake up from a dream that brings about a lustful spirit, God does not tempt you to sin. So if your dream is tempting you to sin, tempting you to lust, tempting you to feel all these different emotions that God wouldn't, you know, bring upon you, then the dream is probably not from God. So test the spirit behind the dream, pray to the Holy Spirit about the dream and go to the actual Bible. There's that's that goes back to knowing your word. There are so many symbols in the Bible that you can refer to with your dreams. So I like to research if I do go on Google and I want to research and learn more about my dream, I try to find dream symbols that are biblical that they have like one, two, multiple scriptures attached to them so that I can see okay, this is how this symbol is represented in the Bible because it has several scriptures to back it up versus me just saying, "Oh, this random website says, you know, this this toilet means that there needs to be a cleansing, but what does the Bible, you know? So really go to the Bible about it, go to God about it. And also if you have higher leadership, someone who is trusted, someone who is truly prophetic, a lot of times people with experience, they know certain symbols that they've seen over and over in their life. So they're able to help you with the dream interpretation as well. So going to, you know, wiser spiritual counsel is good to try to line up your dream with their interpretation, but just not going to Google and everybody in their mama. (laughs) So just testing the spirit. Yes, exactly. What exactly is false prophecy? Like, For those who may be new to Christ, what is false prophecy and how can they avoid that? Yeah. So the true spirit of the prophet, prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So a lot of times you can tell a false prophet if what they're saying has nothing to do with the gospel. It has nothing to do with Jesus. It's just they're saying something um, because they want to appease you or they want to make you feel good. You know, a prophet is not just worried about getting a buck off of the prophet, uh, for the prophecy that they give you. It's the testimony of Jesus and your spirit should be able to bear witness with what they're saying. You don't have to just accept every prophecy that you feel like you received from someone. What spirit is it coming from? Is it leading you back to Christ? Um, Does it bear witness with your spirit? Do you have peace about it? And I feel like a lot of us get in trouble because someone says they're a prophet. Maybe they have a following and they say, oh, this man is supposed to be your husband or you're supposed to go to this school. And a lot of people are led astray because, you know, they don't test the spirits and they even believe words that they don't even have peace about. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't even agree with. So going back to testing the spirits, um, every spirit that is from God will, will confess that Jesus has come in the flesh. Um, and that goes back to prophecy being the testimony of Jesus in the gospel. Amen. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> now, you, this whole book is kind of centered around God telling you who your husband is. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer in the Bible says that God will make the foolish thing seem wise and the wise seem foolish. Girl. When yeah, you girl. call someone, God told me this is my husband, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. And so you even kind of talk about this in the book, like when you look crazy. But I want to know, like, how do you overcome those those side eyes Yeah, that kind of come to you like, OK, well, what do you mean God told you that this is your husband? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, And there's definitely a chapter when you look crazy, because I know that's a real thing. So wisdom is very important. So I never want to encourage someone to just go around 
telling everyone that God told you who your husband is for the sake of like attention or to get a reaction. Um, that's definitely not responsible. Um, and when I, when God first told me who my husband was in that season, I was very sensitive. I only shared it with two people until it came to pass. I did not, sh and two trusted people who had bore witness with their spirit, who I felt like God released me to share and that could be trusted. Mm -hmm. I did not tell anyone else until I actually saw like it happened. It was true. I'm like, okay, that was really you guys. Like, I'm not crazy. So if you are in that season, it hasn't happened yet. You're waiting on the promises of God. You're trusting him. Please do not go around just telling everybody, you know, God told you who your husband was. Okay. Um, so just going back to that wisdom. When I was released to finally share my story after being married and after God really giving me an understanding of what transpired during my courtship, engagement, and all that stuff, I did share it publicly. And I felt like God led me to have that public platform and opportunity to share it. I didn't even know. So I thought I didn't know so many other women who went through this and experienced this. So I have seen like people I haven't had anyone in person who like side-eyed me or gave me a crazy look but I've seen people like talk about this topic online and of course they disagree and you know they don't think that that could happen and I understand like I'm not mad at them God didn't tell them that's not their experience so I don't expect them to have faith for that and that's totally fine but I will continue to share my story as long as God leads me to because so many other women come to me and are like, I felt crazy. I'm so glad that you shared your story. And God has brought women along my path who I've been able to mentor and help through that journey. And that severely outweighs, like it outweighs the few negative people who say, oh, I don't think that can happen. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, there's so many other people that are going through this and they need help. They need guidance. They need to be redirected back to Christ, back to the focus, and really gain wisdom on how to navigate through this situation. Amen. Now, I'm a little curious. Now, when I was a child, God told me what my last name was going to be. There were three things that what? God told me, and I didn't realize that this was true until, like, like it actually came to pass, like you were wow. saying. You know, like, God told me that my name was going to be Michaela Robertson. He told me that I was going to have twins and that I was going to have a talk show. And so my whole life has been based on like those three things. Like, and this is, I was like five, six years old. Wow. And so it's crazy because my husband, I knew at the time, like I knew him when I was in elementary school, but I wasn't expecting him. So I kind of, you know, went through my life, you know, anyone with the last name Robertson, <laughs> you know, this could be my husband. And so I'm just a little curious, did God tell you that Cal Roberts was going to be your husband or was it more like, you know, this is, this is who your husband's going to be? Or was it like that man right there is who you're going to marry? Yeah. Um, so God showed me that Cal was going to be my husband. Okay. Um, but I've had other instances where God didn't show me a certain man was going to be my husband, but I just thought he was, or I wanted to make him <laughs> my husband. Mm -hmm. And those didn't work out. So I talk about that in the book as well. I talk about, you know, of course, my story that it did turn out as God said, but I also talk about moments where I got it wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay to make mistakes sometimes. It's okay to admit, like, you thought you heard God. You thought you knew his voice, but you didn't. Um but yeah, God showed me that Cal was going to be my husband, but it was only after that he was saved. Um, wow. Because me and my husband dated before, and I never, I never thought he was going to be my husband. God never told me anything about. I was in sin. We were unequally yoked. Mm -hmm. um, we weren't supposed to be in a relationship, and God never told me anything about him being my husband. But it wasn't after. It wasn't until we broke up went our separate ways. He, I had to do some healing. I had to break off some soul ties. And in the book, I talk about that as well. He went through a whole spiritual journey and transformation and found God. And after that, God revealed to me, this was supposed to be my husband. So a lot of times women say, 
God told me this was supposed to be my husband, but if he is unequally yoked to you, if he's living in the world, if he's not living for God, it's probably ain't it until like, I wouldn't bank on it until something severely changes. Cause God is not going to put you in an unequally yoked relationship. Amen. Now speaking on unequally yoking yourself or being in an unequally yoked relationship, what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, of course I go deeper into the definition, but in the like the biblical times and stuff, they would use a yoke to align the oxen together. But if there were two unequally yoked oxen, then it wasn't balanced out. It wasn't equal for them to carry. Okay. So being in an unequally yoked relationship is being with someone who doesn't share the same faith system. How are you guys going to, like Amos 3 and 3 says, how can you walk together if you do not be agreed? So if you are with someone who is not able to walk together with you balanced, it's not able to push you towards Christ. That's really the main thing. If they're not pushing you towards Christ, if they're pulling you away from Christ, that means that the relationship is not balanced. Okay. It doesn't mean that you have to have the same style. Because my husband, when he prays, he prays differently than me. You guys can have your own personalities. You can be unique. You can be different. You can spend time with God differently. But are you pushing each other closer to Christ? Mm. Okay. Now, for those who may be like in their dating courting seasons, why is it important for them to be equally yoked as they prepare for marriage? It's so important to really consider being equally yoked before marriage because marriage is a binding covenant, okay? And God has a purpose and a plan for your marriage to flourish. He wants marriage is greater than just, you know, having sex or finding like a house partner. God wants you to accomplish something through your marriage. He has specific things in line for you and your spouse to do together. And God hates divorce. So if you get married to someone you're unequally yoked with, it's going to be super hard to fulfill that purpose or accomplish what God wants you to accomplish if you guys can never be in agreement and be on the same page. Mm -hmm. And if you are the only one who believes and has faith, it says in the Bible that, you know, wives, you can win your unbelieving husbands over with a quiet and gentle spirit. So it is possible, you know, if you are married to someone who doesn't believe in God, God still doesn't want you to divorce them unless they choose they want to be separate from you. God wants you to win them over, be quiet, be gentle, be loving. Um, but in the same time, if you are courting and engaged, this is a very important element to consider so that, you know, you can make the most out of your marriage experience and be on the same page. Amen. Okay. I love that. <laughs> um so God told you that Cal was going to be your husband but not until he was saved so there was a season in between then where you knew who your husband was but it wasn't you know it wasn't going to happen right then and there yes how did you prepare for him knowing that he was going to be your husband so actually God prepared me before I even knew <laughs> that I was gonna he was gonna be my husband or anything um it was crazy. Like I was going through a preparation season for marriage without even knowing it. But when I looked back at it, I was like, oh, that's why you were doing, that's why I was going through all that. So before God even showed me who my husband was going to be, like he was preparing me like practically um, by like teaching me like different things to cook, mm -hmm. like making me be disciplined with cleaning my house. So he was pre preparing me practically um naturally in the natural, but also spiritually. So before God even told me um, that this man is going to be my husband, I also had to break a soul tie. Mm -hmm. um, I had to like ask for forgiveness for a lot of stuff. Like I went through a lot of spiritual work and practical preparation. And then not saying that you have to be perfect to get married, because even after I got married, there was a whole bunch of stuff I still had to work through. <laughs> But God will prepare you. He will do it. If he, whatever he calls you to in life, he will prepare you for it. Even if you don't know like that, you're going to step into that next season. And I feel like that's exactly what he did. 
Okay. And in the season where you were, you know, waiting for Cal, um, what advice do you have for those women who are waiting for the one who may know that, you know, God told them that it's going to be their husband and they're just in that season of waiting or for those who are waiting for the real one, for God to reveal himself? That's good. That's really good. My advice is, girl, don't be obsessed. Girl, don't <laughs> don't think of don't make it an idol. Don't think about it all day and night because God gives and God can take away. And the last thing you want to happen is God is like, okay, no, this ain't gonna work out because now the promise that I gave you, you're putting it before me and it's becoming an idol in your life. So you have a life. You still have a purpose. So be busy about the father's business. Mm -hmm. um, when I was waiting for, you know, my husband and God to show me, I was, I started like a ministry on my college campus that I was involved in. I was connecting with other women in school. I was, you know, writing, I was doing spoken word poetry on campus. I was developing my gifts spiritually and artistically. So I wasn't just sitting there like, okay, God, when is he coming? It's like, <laughs> while I am in this season, mm -hmm. what should I be doing? How can I be growing in purpose? How can I be growing in, you know, in the spirit? Um, so you want to make sure that you're busy about the father's business and not just waiting on that promise, like when it's going to come to pass. Mm, snaps. Yes, ladies. <laughs> about your father's business. <laughs> yes. Now, speaking of being about your father's business, you know, tell me about your businesses. Like you're a serial entrepreneur. Like you are out here. You have Carolyn Roberts Ministries. You have the Writers Retreat. You have Luminous Publishing. Like girl, business. Tell me about it. Let's um, talk. It seems like a lot of different businesses, but I feel like they're all intertwined and connected. Yeah. So it really seems like just one big ministry, but I organize it separately. So Caroline Roberts Ministries, it's just my opportunity to evangelize and share the gospel. Currently, right now, we're mainly on YouTube, where I just share different messages that God placed on my heart on there. I create a lot of free resources. Um, I really just feel like led to like evangelize and reach as much people as I can for the gospel. So we created a free fasting guide, how to fast, um, how to start a relationship with God and be saved. Um, we have multiple guides like this. That's completely free that you can download. Mm -hmm. um, and then also my books. So I've written eight books. Um, so those are resources as well. So just creating resources and sharing the message of the gospel is as simple as that. And then the writer's retreat, Oh my gosh, I love it so much. <laughs> I don't even look at it like a business. It's just so fun. It's just like my opportunity to meet so many amazing women writers from all over the world. Like, it's so amazing. So God, the way that that came about is God told me like, why don't you just bring women together and just do what you love to do? Just encourage them to write their books, just bring them together. I was like, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. Mm -hmm. So we had our first one in Atlanta. I didn't think it would be a business. I didn't think we would have another one. It was kind of just a one-time thing. And these women came from all over the world to Atlanta to come to this retreat. I was like, what? Yeah. And it was just from there. They're like, I can see this as something bigger. I can see you having more of these. And it's grown. So from the writer's retreat, we created the writer's retreat network, mm -hmm. which is like our hub. We have over 400 women writers where we just connect, encourage each other, help with like writing our books, you know, publishing our blogs and all these different things. So that kind of burst out of the writer's retreat. And then from that, the girls were like, Caroline, can you help me publish my book? Like, I want to work under you. I'm like, okay, then I need a publishing company. So we did Luminous Publishing. So that's why I said it's like really like one thing, but they like kind of flow mm -hmm. out of each other. So we did the publishing company, which is Luminous Publishing, Shedding Light and Shining Bright. So just Christian publishing, being a light in the dark world through our words, through our books. Um, and those are, you know, all my businesses and ministries that I have going on. <laughs> yes, it is awesome. I was so shocked because like, I knew nothing about Luminous Publishing. So when I was reading the book and, you know, like I'm reading like page by page, I'm like, wait, she owns this too? 
<laughs> what? <laughs> this is awesome. So we're definitely going to have to connect. Yeah. I am going to write a book this year. Yes. I don't know how that's going to work, but that's what you're here for to help me through that process. <laughs> Um, but I'm so excited and I really want to um, just pause and thank you for the creation of the Right VIP Network because I have, I actually joined that network a couple of, maybe like two years back. Wow. Um, I joined the network a couple of years back and there was a girl who wrote an article on the network and her name's Vernique Parker. Oh yeah! Able to connect with Vernique, and she's actually one of the writers for the magazine. But we were able to to connect through your network, and that is like one of my deepest sisters in Christ. Like I love her so much, and we've been developing this relationship. And so, like, I just want to thank you for allowing that fellowship and that connection to happen. Because I would have never met her if I hadn't been involved in that network, and we would have never been able to connect if it wasn't through writing in your ministry. So, I just want to thank you for that. Wow, that is so awesome! I just love hearing stories like that. That is so amazing. I love Vernique. <laughs> yes. So, Vernique, shout out to you, but Caroline, thank you so much for like your obedience to Christ because, like, I I love her so much. Like, that is truly my sister. Aww. And you know, your platforms, your obedience made that happen. So, thank That's you. Awesome. Praise God. He's always making connections. I'm like, I just love it. <laughs> Yes. So when it comes to business, I'd like to believe that being about your father's business starts first in your heart, then in your home, then in helping others. So how is it that you're tending to the father's business when it comes to your heart? Mm. Oh, girl. Um, so one of the biggest things with like being a leader is that like you pour out a lot, you're pulled from a lot and you're unable to pour out if you're not being poured into. So I know that, you know, before this interview, like we were talking about just what God has been speaking to me about recently and rest has been a good thing. Like God has been just telling me the importance of like just slowing down, rest, taking time, you know, just to be Caroline, taking time just with him. Like it's okay to rest. It's okay to do those heart check-ins. Like, how are you doing? Um, and even just celebrating the small things. Mm -hmm. I think I'm just so used to, like, I was so used to like hustling, grinding, getting things done that I wouldn't stop to celebrate like what God is doing, like our little things. Like I had one friend that she was like, I published a book. I'm so excited. And she was so happy. And I was so happy for her. And with me, it's like, I'll publish a new book and I'll like put it out there, but I won't like personally like celebrate. It's just like, okay, I, I published a book. I posted a new YouTube video. So it's like, I'm doing a lot. And my husband's like, you need to look, look what you did. Like you just hit a hundred K on YouTube. You just like accomplished this goal. Like, can you eat a slice of cake or just like before you move on to the next thing, like just take time to rest, to celebrate and to appreciate this moment. So Amen. that's, yeah, that's definitely something that's been helping me with the heart care. Amen. So celebrating those small victories for sure. Mm -hmm. How are you tending to the father's business in your home, whether it be as a wife or a mom? Yeah. So a schedule has been really important to me. Um, time is something that you don't get back and time is so valuable. And I want to make sure that my kids have my time and my attention. So I try my best to work when they're sleeping, um, when they're taking a nap, getting up early and going to sleep just a little bit later so that I really have the time to dedicate to my family. Mm. And also with my businesses, like how it relates to business, I'm a stay at home mommy and entrepreneur. So I watch my kids like every day, they're home with me as I'm trying to balance our work and life. So I intentionally try to work with people who understand and get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. so sometimes like, my, sometimes I may be on a meeting and you may hear my kid in the background, 
but it's okay because most of the people I work with, it's like they get it, they understand, and they respect that. And that's really important to me um, that they have open reign to like interrupt me or just to be around that they don't have to feel like because mommy is working right now that I can't talk to her or I can't be around her. So just putting them first as a priority and making time for them has been very important in this season, especially since they're so young. I think that's huge. You know, like I'm, I'm a product of divorce. So like my parents are divorced, so they were always working. So it was like hard to see them. And so when they were working, it was like, okay, don't bother mommy. Like she's tired or she's sleeping. Like don't wake mommy up or don't wake daddy up. Like he's sleeping. Like, and so it's huge that like one year stay at home mom, girl, I know like I'm not, I'm not a mom, but I know how hard it must be for you to balance everything. So like your schedule is huge, especially since you're, you're in the home with your kids. So it's not like you're going out to work, like (laughs) you're at home and you're working. So at the ages that they're at, they may not be able to decipher the difference. Like mommy's just home and that's just what it is. Um, but it's also like really awesome that you allow that transparency when it comes to your business, because it gives people, um, not an inside look, but it gives them a connection to you. Like, it's like, Oh, you know what? Caroline's allowing us into her home. And so I respect that. And I appreciate that. (laughs) So how has being a mom impacted the way that you handle business? Mm. How has being a mom impacted the way? Okay, um, kind of in relation to like what we just said. Mm -hmm. So before I was a mom, I can say that like I didn't have boundaries with business. I was like a workaholic. (laughs) So just work all the time, work every day but being a mom like just going back to the schedule like it's so important to set up boundaries not just with business with ministry um just with everything like setting up those boundaries like there's a specific time where I just can't work at this time because it's time you know for family or Mm -hmm. things like that um that is really impacting me and I need those boundaries Cause going back to that rest, I need those boundaries and I need those moments and those opportunities to just reconnect and be with my family. So that's awesome. Now, how about being a wife? Like what lessons have you learned from being a wife that are helping or that helps you kind of grow in business? Yeah, actually, I will say that it's lessons I've learned from my husband (laughs) that has helped me become a better business owner and entrepreneur like he is awesome like he is literally the backbone like he's not in like the public a lot he's not in the forefront a lot but literally like he is he is everything um so my husband one thing he has taught me with business is excellence Mm. um which has been a big thing before I met him I'm I'm really laid back I'm not type a So he's helped me to grow like a little bit in type A, but I'm like, oh, it's good enough. Let's put this out there. But he's like, no, this line has to be straight. This is not the best quality. This has to be excellent. So he's really helped me in excellence. Um, He's also helped me in like my communications, how Mm -hmm. I communicate with people. Um, So sometimes he'd be like overlooking an email that I'm sending and he'll be like, is this a graceful way to say this? No, let's change that wording a little bit. Um, So he's helped me in my communication and excellence. And he's literally taught me a lot of the skills that I use practically. So um, like graphic design, like a long time ago, I had a graphic design business and I still use it a lot um, nowadays, but my husband got his degree, his bachelor's degree in graphic design. And he's taught me so much that I was able to use the skills he taught me to build my own businesses. So just being married to him, like he, he refines me. He is such an amazing leader. And I'm so thankful for that. Yes. Come on. Now you and Cal have been married for six years and crazy enough, my husband and I are, are going into our sixth year of marriage in June. 
Awesome. Is what have you guys found to be the key to success for your marriage? Mm, The key to success. Support. Um, I think we're so supportive of one another. My husband has never like, because I could be like a really strong, I'm really like a visionary. I always have these ideas. He's, He's never tried to hold me back. Like he always pushes me and encourages me. And I try to do the same for him. So really support in our purposes and callings. He's always there. Like every retreat, like for the first retreats, he came to every single one until he was like, okay, baby, got to be a birdie and fly. You can do this one yourself. Like every retreat, every conference, every book, he's like reading over it. And then I try to do the same for him, like in whatever God calls him to. So support and then quality time, mm-hmm. like really is our first ministry. We have a ministry that we recently started called Purpose in Family. Um, Cause we're big on pursuing your purpose as a family. Mm-hmm. So we try to do everything we can do together and quality time is the biggest thing for that. Um, just trying to create the freedom through entrepreneurship to have our time back so that it can go back into our family and giving us that freedom. So we don't want to be like tied to a business forever. We don't want to be tied to a specific job. Like we do these things because we know these are seeds that we're planting back into our family, which is our first ministry. Amen. Amen. (laughs) about <laughs> that in the book how your your first ministry is your home ministry so oh, yeah. that is amazing and I can't wait to see where purpose and family is five oh, ten years down the line yeah. all right so I, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit as we kind of close um you are on a virtual book tour yes <laughs> And you are on it too. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm so honored to be on this book tour. And I'm one of the first stops for this tour. I know. And so I want to know, like, what what can people expect in this virtual book tour? Oh, my gosh. We have so much in store. So, of course, we have some giveaways. Um, so some of the stops on our book tour, we're going to be giving away um some free copies of my book. Okay. We also have some freebies. We're going to be able to download it. We're going to download. We're going to give some free resources. I'm going to do some sneak peek excerpts okay. of my book. So some juicy parts of the book I might be revealing. Um, so there's going to be a lot of good conversations. We're going to be talking about the one, some interviews. So you definitely want to stay tuned, stay connected, um, sign up at theonereveal.com slash tour if you want to jump on board and catch the rest of our stops for this virtual book tour. Yes, I love it. And y'all, like when I tell you this book is it, it, <laughs> it, maybe it's it, like I don't care if you're single or married or divorced, this book is it for you because Aww. you really have the one revealed in your life and I cannot wait for you all to read it. Caroline has outdone herself with this one and God is all up in it. <laughs> Thank you, sis. <laughs> you are welcome. So what's next for you? Girl, I don't know. It just started. 2020 just started. I'm just trying to be a faithful steward over what I'm currently doing. I feel like I have a lot on my plate, but it's exciting because everything is really just growing. Mm-hmm. Um, the ministries are growing, like everything. Our family is growing. Um, well, no, not in that sense. No, we ain't oh, growing. Like, <laughs> the kids are getting bigger. <laughs> the kids are getting bigger. Um, but what we see right now is just a lot of growth, um, okay. supernatural growth. And that's that's the word God spoke over me this year, supernatural growth. So that is just what I expect to grow and continue to be faithful over, you know, what God has placed in our life right now. I love it. So <laughs> where can people find you? I know you mentioned that the book tour is going to be the one revealed. Is it backslash tour? Yeah, yeah. 
So you can find me um, on my website if you want to subscribe, carolineroberts.com. My name is spelled with a K, K-A-R-O-L-Y-N-E, and literally Caroline Roberts everywhere. It's the same, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, and Facebook. Awesome. So carolineroberts.com, make sure you check it out. I will have a link below. And just so you guys don't have to like go back and listen to it, I got you. Just look below. Um, <laughs> and also check out the book tour at the onereveal.com backslash tour. It's it. I'm on it. You're probably listening to it now. So you might as well just continue through the tour and make sure you pre-order your book. Now, Caroline, I like to close out every interview with the same question. Iron Wifey is derived from Proverbs 27, 17, which, state that, which states that as iron sharpens iron, one man or one friend sharpens another. Our motto here at Iron Wifey is as iron sharpens iron, one woman sharpens another. How are you sharpening women in Christ in your, in your life? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I feel like in this season, most recently, one of the biggest things that God has been having me do is just accountability. Okay. For the women in my life who are on that walk of faith and then also just mentorship. Um, so those who maybe like they're walking with God, but kind of lost their way or are facing certain temptations, or maybe you're in a rocky season. Like I have a personal, like I have prayer warriors around me. I have a personal circle of people that God has called me to in my life that I can reach out to and be like, did you read your word today or girl don't go to his house mm -hmm. or just little things like that. Um, and then just mentorship. There are specific young women that God has placed in my life that he has spoken to me, like check on her, reach out to her, pray with her, see how she, how she is doing. So I don't have like a fancy mentorship program or anything. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I'm just sensitive to the voice of the Holy spirit in my personal life the people that he brings across my path and just organically building those relationships to sharpen other women. Amen. <laughs> well, Caroline, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for allowing the Lord to lead you in revealing who the one is, volume two. Amen. <laughs> just being an amazing woman of God and for sharing this this stage with us we appreciate you so much thank you sis this was so awesome thank you so much for having me well there you have it loves miss caroline roberts now make sure again that you go online and check out the book tour because we were the first stop on the tour so there are plenty of amazing women of god dope authors amazing bloggers podcasters writers you name it they're out there and she is stopping by to make sure that she shares more about the one revealed volume two so loves that's it for another week let me know what you guys think feel free to add me on social media and then as always know that jesus loves you i love you and i'm praying for you continue to sharpen the woman in your life as we carry out our father's business i'll catch you guys on the next episode